Hi, here's Florian from 99 Startups and I'm here today with uh, Niklas. Hi, so I'm Niklas Grunewald. I work at the uh, DB Innovation Labs. Basically what we do here is transfer external technology into Deutsche Bank. I've been working here for two years as a vice president innovation, kind of, you know, channeling external companies, startups and, and larger tech players and their respective products into Deutsche Bank. Let's start with the first the functions of DBLab. So what does it mean? Is it kind of like an entrance door into the Deutsche Bank or how you describe it more detailed? Yeah, maybe be before I get into that. So we here at the labs have, have basically five, five goals. So one is, is the tech transfer. Get into detail on that uh, later. Second one would be uh, supporting our digital strategy then uh, we are also concerned with, with our narrative. Um, so everything we do here, try to, you know, get good stories over to our communications department and, you know, be, be, a, be a part of, of our overall digital narrative. Furthermore, we are also concerned with collaboration uh, within Deutsche Bank. So um, internally, we try to coordinate our various stakeholders in the bank and outside to kind of work jointly on the projects because it's, you know, it's a huge bank and we provide that, that sort of layer in between. And the fifth is culture. So that's also a very important one where we try to take everybody and, and you know, get everybody onto the same route for this digital journey. But, you know, as you mentioned, the most important part is probably technology transfer. It, it works in a way that we go into the market, scout technologies, um, and see if there are applications in the organization that, that you know, could fit that, that supply. It also works the other way around. We also talk a lot with our internal stakeholders, uh, our divisions, our infrastructure functions, and see what kind of needs they have, and then go out into the market and, and find fitting solutions. And from there on, the process is, is just like a regular pipeline or, or funnel. So from this sort of discovery phase where we scout solutions, see solutions and, and kind of get this initial match, we move into um, uh, an evaluation phase where you look at different companies, try to find the best vendor. And once we've done that, go further down into the execution phase or uh, pilot phases probably uh, where that describes it a bit better and, and really test that solution because everything or most of the things we look at are very, you know, um, beyond the curve solutions that haven't been tested or at least haven't been tested within Deutsche Bank. So it's for us always very important to get actual grip on the numbers and, and what it can actually do. And once we're happy with the results after this pilot and test phase, we, we move into the adoption phase, meaning just that, you know, we onboard them as a vendor. Now, this process can work actually in, 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 on two th sides of the bank. So there's a lot of process technology that we look at that just helps us service our clients better. Then there's also technologies on the real you know, customer touch point. And, and those sorts of corporations obviously are more visible to, to our customers. Yeah, so you do, of, of course, both B2C and B2B. So, so B2B would, would generally be, as I said, more like the you know, process technologies that we use internally and B2C, you know, kind of depends on how you define B2C because customers are for us, of course, private clients, wealth yeah. management, yeah. Uh, business customers, but also our other business divisions like 
our investment banking and transaction bank, uh, our asset management. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you reach into the company and talk to the certain departments about the needs, how did this develop? Like for how many years you guys exist now? So we've been existing for uh, three years. Of course, it was like a little startup within Deutsche Bank, right? Yeah. If you look at the definition of the word labs and look around into the landscape of corporates and how they define it, everybody has a different definition, right? So if you look at venture capital, the process is always the same. You invest in, I mean, obviously there are, you know, in detail differences between venture capital funds and corporate, etc. But if you look at labs, it's it's really broad definition. So we had to try to find the best way for us and how it works. And obviously at the at the beginning, we were very outward focused and looking a lot at the market and just, you know, throwing ideas and, and, and technologies and startups at the organization, which at that point worked quite well because we raised awareness. We got the connections to our internal stakeholders. Yeah. And now, you know, the approach, because, you know, we 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 know most of our um our stakeholders inside out and and we know what they need so we just talk to them a lot uh, so it's a bit more inward focused now uh, than it was at the beginning so like normally big corporations have always a problem that like changes like an enemy word like m normally big companies have a hard time to change so would you say the throwing of a lot of ideas and like bringing a lot of knowledge or like um, new ideas into it like raised this up and like got the process on yeah yeah definitely i mean so i think to be honest when i when i joined i was very surprised of the the mindset that already existed i mean obviously we still have a long way to go but alone that nearly each single division has his own digital leader, whatever he's called, you know, if he's chief digital officer or chief information officer or whatnot. So every division has that already in place and, and respective teams that, that do digital processes for that organizational part. So these are generally our counterparties that make it easy for us to, to kind of you know, raise awareness for those topics and we work very closely with them together, obviously. So and and of course to be to be honest, there are other parts in the organization that are you know, traditionally a bit further away from from technology and, and from solutions uh, from from startups. Um, and there yes, by all means it's it's not easy to kind of raise awareness for uh, for those challenges, but we are here to do that. The digital heads of the departments or digital people of the departments were before the lab there, or did they came together with you so that every department has their own dedicated person for this um, digital awareness or for the new technology awareness? Uh, so that depends on the department. Uh, some were there before, others not. The the important part to take away from that is that our management board is very committed to uh, to go this or to onboard on this digital journey. And, and has basically put put all the pieces where they belong. Uh, we have digital heads. We have us as innovation labs as a sort of layer uh, across the bank. Our goal is not only to deliver solutions to our retail bank, which is private, commercial, and wealth management. Also, as I mentioned, our investment bank, GTB, asset management, and of course our infrastructure functions. I think that's that's important to take away from that. That we have a holistic system that is in place that we now need to execute on. 
And you said also like you try to educate uh, culture-wise because different departments have different needs, different standing points. So how you approach this topic? Mm -hmm. What we do culture-wise and, you know, if you call it culture or kind of digital literacy or knowledge or whatever you want to call it, we have a variety of formats to do that. So obviously we have the physical labs, which are, you know, We could basically sit anywhere, but a main part of the labs is actually to have people here. Mm -hmm. um, so we do a lot of workshops for all of our employees. And that's really from everyone up to the management board, where we have briefing sessions, a kind of uh, technology education. So I think it's, it's really important to get everyone, and, and really I mean everyone, uh, uh, onto their journey. We have sessions here in the labs, and we have obviously then it gets more tailored to uh, to different stakeholder groups if we educate on a specific technology obviously you know if you look at gtb it's majorly blockchain you know obviously we we also tailor it specifically to our audience so is this the pull or push like do you guys just offer them and say I mean, you should go there or do they come to you and say we need <laughs> um, let's just put it like that so there's a lot of demand Uh, for formats uh, in the labs so there's a lot of people that actually just approach us ah. but also of course you know some bits is, is just that we talk to our stakeholders and, and kind of see what could be relevant for them and just start sessions with them but we obviously we never push formats down the throat so how did, how did you get this awareness like normally uh, I know from big corporations to get people to mo be motivated to learn something new also outside of the of the day-to-day -day life it's kind of hard so how were you able to raise this awareness that they first know that you exist and second they they approach you yeah so i think there's two parts to that answer so let's maybe start with the easy one once they are here and and, and kind of experience workshops formats that we can we can drive here it's very easy to get them motivated because exactly out of that point they they have their day-to-day -day jobs you know this this kind of impetus for them is is just really can be a bit big motivational driver the question is really how how do you get them here obviously it's it's just at the beginning it was a lot of work to raise awareness um, to communicate well externally but also internally in the organization and that's just really good and hard work yeah okay so and then if they are here you like do workshops with them like design thinking or more specific on technologies or what is your approach there to to help them again i mean that that's kind of like a mixed bag because um yes we have uh design thinking sessions tailored to you know for example find a solution to a, to a specific problem setting we have more informal exchanges where you just sit down and, and kind of see what the problems are what what kind of solutions could fit we have technology education sessions where you just you know talk along one of the of the major technologies so it's 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 really a lot of a lot of formats okay so you try also to tailor that yes absolutely yeah i mean of course we have also external visitors where i just have you know standard kind of presentation where we just show them what we do. But then, especially for our internal stakeholders, we always try to tailor that very specifically to their needs, yeah. Cool. And uh, you go also on all levels, like from highest management to 
the single programmer or single bank employee? Yeah, exactly that. As I said, I, I think there is a demand across all levels to get educated on, on specific uh, topics. I mean, some formats, especially when you look at the management board, it's, it's a lot more tailored to, to specific needs and their respective divisions, etc., which you know, makes sense. They only have yeah. so much time. Yeah. But yes, also down to, to the single employee. Yeah. So if you, if you say your job is like to bring uh, new innovations into the bank and you're the entrance door, and then you start to communicate a lot about the needs, so how you, uh, how you make sure that like, it, it works out? What is your, your tactic there? Yeah, the short answer to that would be business alignment. Because, I mean, since we work across the bank, we cannot be business experts in every yeah. single division, right? The bank is just so big. Yeah. Um, so what we do is we always form teams uh, with our respective business counterparts. And they bring kind of the business side to it, the, you know, kind of what metrics do we need? What kind of product could be a fit? We bring the market and technology expertise side to that. You know, I wouldn't say tandem because that sounds too formalized, but it is always the business and us together. So is this in a workshop, you all sit together in a room and then you discuss it? Or is it more like a page where you write each other or like an email follow-up? <laughs> Again, that, that kind of depends on the project and the stage. There Usually we do, which works quite well, if we haven't worked with the stakeholder before we we get in a room and you know it's it's at the beginning it's just good to get to know each other and and kind of have have a have a workshop format yeah. uh, where we try to carve out what the what the needs and demands yeah. are and the longer you work together the less obviously this is needed because you know exactly what they want and what they need um, and if there's a new project they, they just approach you we have a short phone call and then uh, we go ahead yeah so a lot of people using the word uh, innovation be innovative mm -hmm. how you would define that yeah i mean <laughs> there there is a lot of definitions of academics and officials and and any management board members probably short answer is is challenging the status quo and acting on it so and then it gets very domain specific i think in general you can say that The product life cycles of the past decades have become shorter and shorter. So the need for innovation has, has exponentially grown with the shortening of, of those product life cycles. So, you know, in order to stay relevant um, in, in the long run, you have to kind of adapt that pace and, and increase your innovation efforts in, in order to stay relevant for your customers. Yeah. So if you say you have a, like, a lot of applications from inside and from outside, how you define on what you focus? Like which projects have the highest priorities and what to do mm -hmm. next? That is a very, very good question because we've been thinking about that a lot. We only have so many resources, right? And, and we have to distribute them accordingly. We have started and, and gone off and, and really did our top management alignment because that's, you know, these guys know the exact priorities. Um, so if you start at the bottom, that's good. Mm -hmm. um, but then you don't know, you know, is it that project that is important to the business leader? We are very, very uh, top management aligned on that. And that helps us really uh, keep the focus because they know best what is important for their business. 
The interesting counter argument I would bring out that like I have sometimes the feelings that like the people on the top don't really know what are the problems of the of the people with the employees on the ground. Mm. So did did conflicts there come up and how did you resolve them or solve them? Yeah. I mean, of course, they come up, and and it's not like we only talk to the to the guys on top, but we we do the, you know projects with with the guys below. So yeah. they come up to us and say, "Hey, listen, um, I see it a bit differently, and and this is more important. We are actually there to raise awareness for that with the top management guys, yeah. right? And if they still say it's not a priority, well, you know, yeah. we just have to take it for granted. But this is actually. It's a very good point and, and a part of our function that we raise awareness for those topics. Deutsche Bank is like huge. How do you communicate effective? Like especially if you try to be close to top management, they have like really strict time schedules. Yeah. What's like? How do you guys do that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, so first of all, we have a have a couple of labs worldwide. So we have one. Uh, in New York, one in the Valley, here in Berlin, London, uh, Frank, a couple of employees in Frankfurt, a uh, new one in Singapore. So even there, it's a challenge. But we are quite well equipped with you know video conferences that work for me surprisingly well because it's just so different if you see each other in a in a very good quality. It, it's just like sitting in a room together, and and it's not only about the topic itself, but also you know about creating this personal bond and and kind of see what person uh the other guys like and if you want to you know work together and and you know th this kind of interpersonal thing so that's that's kind of the technical foundation to that the, the rest is is really you have to manage your time quite effectively and and be aware of the different time zones just like in any other corporate and and if you talk about uh, you know top management alignment of course that these guys are really really busy and and it's sometimes very hard to slip in their schedule mm -hmm. sometimes you have to be a bit sneaky about it i think <laughs> <laughs> okay there was the answer just be sneaky it's kind of like a bit of a, a lot of startup way you know i was, yeah. I was, I was I trying to be sneaky all the time would you would you say like you're kind of um, still have a lot of autonomy to decide things or is it like the clear process in the funnel for the next decision you need that and that or can you also make a lot of decisions on your on your own how how is this how this works yeah yeah sure it depends so if you look at only the technology funnel and and adoption funnel obviously we need the buy-in from our business side. That's the fundamentals, right? And and we need their okay to go ahead. You know, it's it's project teams, right? And and the decision flow is is just in any regular project team. We would not, for example, go ahead with a uh, with a solution we wouldn't recommend. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if they go ahead and 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 tell us, well, we think this is better, and we think this is better, then you know, we just disagree. That's, and that's fine, and yeah. and I think it's good, because yeah. because if you don't do that and if you don't state your opinion, I mean, what's the use of our function then? Right? Yeah. But that, to be honest, that rarely rarely happens because when we work together with a business, we have a very thorough approach of of scanning the market, of of kind of seeing what competitors are out there, of of diving deep into into features and functions and and how it relates to Deutsche, if it could be a fit and really 
you know, most of the time we are in total agreement with the, with the business. If not, then, you know, as I said, we, we just have to agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, and that's fine for us. Yeah. So how do you guys work then together? Like, uh, do you have a special process of uh, working? It depends on the project. I mean, there is easier projects. Probably most simple projects are those where you have a process technology you have an obsolete part in the organization and you kind of have to just plug it in. Mm. Then again, simple in terms for Deutsche means it has to go through vendor risk management, obviously, because we have to look at the vendor and, and see if, if the solution fits and, and kind of fulfills all criteria. But, but then this would be a simple thing. Like a more complex thing would be if we have a project that is is a large software piece that has a lot of connections to other systems in the bank, that has a customer-facing part, a lot of different stakeholders working with it. So this is, you know, projects obviously that are steered very differently and, and the decision cycles for that are longer, more people involved. So again, it, it really depends on the project, but usually to, to stay in very, kind of to simplify it, we look at the market We scout the solutions according to the demands of our organization. We define what vendors could be the most relevant, then talk to all of them, or the most relevant. You know, if it's 20, obviously we won't talk to all of them, but do sort of outside-in analysis, talk to the most relevant, and then kind of drill down into, into the feature set and the fit to Deutsche, and at the, at the end kind of, you know, recommend one or two to start a pilot with. Yeah, and then you let it you let it grow into it, or like you you check how it goes. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and and this is you know this is actually the part where the business gets more involved, right? So at the beginning, at the market scanning part, we just get the uh, the demands from our organization, and and the business is not that much involved, and and the later the process uh, becomes, you know, the more the organization gets involved which because in the end they they have to adopt that solutions into their own systems yeah. right so it totally yeah. makes sense to have this sort of phasing out yeah so do you have favorite examples like favorite projects you you can talk about <laughs> yeah well uh, i mean it is um obviously always difficult to talk about the ones that haven't been haven't been disclosed i can't do that but i can talk about two things so the first one I think that's a quick one. So FinanzGuru, I think that's actually a nice example where we engaged very early on with our new ecosystems team and API team, you know, sending constant contact and then also help with the organization of the API open event. Mm -hmm. And we, we didn't really have a funnel in, in mind, right? Because yeah. again, uh, I said, one of our goals is digital strategy. And this yeah. is one very important strategic piece for Deutsche Bank API open banking. So we supported that and, you know, FinanzGuru, the team, or back then it was called Dwins, came out of that. And at that time, we, we made a very bold decision to, to support them financially because it was not only a startup, but a very, very, very early stage startup. Mm -hmm. You know, so far, I think, um, not only because of Hülle der Löwen and their recent investment, the, the, the app is very, very well received. So this is, this is one example The other ones, I mean, you've talked to Kirsten Oppenländer in a previous podcast. 
We are also supporting the whole beyond banking uh, efforts uh, within commercial clients where we adopted uh, Advanon, uh, the factoring solution, um, Smack, Fastbill, Twago, and obviously the goal is to build a portfolio of beyond banking solutions for our yeah. commercial clients. So this is this is like two examples. Customer touch points. Then there are other examples. I can't say names, but you know, it's more process technology and obviously this is you know undisclosed. Yeah. What you would say, um, where we will be in five to ten years? What what is what what do you think? The, the the you mean the lab innovation labs or Deutsche, Deutsche yeah Bank? both <laughs> like we can ask that for innovation lab but probably it's more interesting if you say let's say the whole banking industry yeah uh, okay well I think so banking is 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 very very broad maybe we can break it down into different sectors because I think it's a different play in each sector mm. and that's just my personal opinion but. So I think in, in the retail sector, whether it's uh, commercial clients, um, private or wealth management, it's going to be a lot about the customer touch point. Yeah. Because you can see that everywhere that touch points just go online. And the question is if we are still there to be relevant on the first touch point or will we be just you know the, the product provider at the end. You can actually see that in, in every direction, you know, in, in, in private clients, you know, the, the, the credits. If I would, you know, take up a credit, personally, would I go to a bank? No, I would compare first and then go to a bank. Yeah. Normal, yeah. Um, in, in commercial clients, same scheme. Uh, in wealth management, you have the, the robo-advisors. Um, and there's more to come, I think, in wealth management. So this is going to be a play of, of customer touch points. And then if you, if you move along to, to CIB, GTB, it's probably going to be, especially in GTB, more technology play. Um, and that's why we're looking so extensively at, at blockchain yeah. um, and their respective applications. So, you know, there's no one answer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So um, you say like you watch really closely on the market and try to see what's what's uh, keep up what's going on. So do you have a special technique for that? Because it's really hard, especially the finance market, the whole blockchain market. They they change and grow rapidly. So how you keep up with that? Yeah, I mean, they, they, I think there's no single recipe for that. It's it's just um, a bunch of things. So obviously we keep informed. Through, through blogs, uh, through um, you know academic research, go to conferences and 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 that sort of stuff. So it's it's not really the, that one thing, but uh, I mean as you said, it's 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 really important as innovation function kind of be at the forefront of of what is happening. And I find you know to be honest, the best for me is is obviously a bit of academic research, but then blogs because they are just quick. And they don't have to, you know, they are just there at the yeah. forefront, right? So something happens, they report it after 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so so I th for me, that's the most valuable source. So what are your favorite blocks? So what is your technique to find blocks? <laughs> so um, <laughs> obviously the, the standard blocks like Gründer, Sene, Deutsche Startups. Yeah. Then there's a, a couple of, of, of medium um, uh, articles But there's no specific order for me. Uh, there's this fin letter, obviously, that's very important to yeah. uh, to us as bankers. So it's it's just a bunch of things. Uh, there's no, I mean, there's no real technique. You just get 
sometimes you get an article sent over by a colleague yeah. you look at it it comes from a specific blog you like the blog you follow it so yeah so accept the blogs and the conferences what whatever uh, sources you use to educate yourself or whatever ways you use to educate yourself i mean there is so one source i like very much is internal uh, a part of innovation is our strategic intelligence team okay um and and they just keep keep a lookout for the market and they're specialists so these guys really just dive deep into technologies into competitor overviews um on a on a you know, corporate and, and and high level yeah. and and that's a very very valuable source for me yeah apart from that as i said we just in the team we share academic yeah. articles on 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 technologies on on news on well, news obviously not for academic articles but you know we share news so it's it's really also a lot about the team and and what we see interesting and that we just share it what is your favorite book <laughs> um i because i read so many blogs i don't read any like really not any work specific okay. books so i mainly read novels would you know what What, what's your favorite novel? Go on. <laughs> okay, so there's one that's called Under the Volcano okay. um, by Malcolm Lowry. He actually didn't write too many books. Two, I think. One was a failure. Uh, the other one was, was a world hit. And he died very early. But he, it's, it's, it's very intense. It it's plays in Mexico on, on one day, the Day of the Dead. And it's, it's just a very dense atmosphere. I like it very much. Okay, cool. So, and uh, my last question is, um, if you could go back to your 18-year-old self, what for advice would you give to yourself? <laughs> yeah, I, I feared that question. Probably be a bit more bold because, you know, once you work in an organization of, of Deutsche, you kind of see from the low levels up to the very top that it's just you know, you can only be domain-specific. I mean, obviously, there's functions that go across and stuff, but there is always someone who knows it better. And and I think the most important advice to kind of understand what you can do and what you can't do, and that's the most important thing, and kind of be very open about it and, and look for your counterparts to work with. As an example, here in the labs, I mean, I'm I'm from a business background, And I sometimes shy away from deep tech uh, topics, right? So I learn a lot from my colleagues every day. And, and to be aware of that and, and kind of to drive it actively that, that, that you know, I, I want to learn more and, and kind of dig deeper, that's, that's probably for me most important and what I really enjoy about my job. Yeah, that's very cool. Awesome. Then I would say let's uh, try to learn every day. And uh, thank you very much for the podcast. Thanks.